Hungry for change in your life? Feed your ambition with Board Bia Talent Academy's Insights and Innovation Program. Get some incredible food for thought with a fully funded master's from DCU Business School. Learn from world-class innovators with placements in Irish food, drink and horticulture companies. And do it all while bringing home the bacon with a generous monthly bursary. Sound like your cup of tea? Nourish your career prospects by visiting boardbia.ie forward slash talent academy. Applications closing soon. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. What about a Kilkenny man going to Tipperary, Eddie? Would you fancy it yourself? I would. I'd love it, John. I'd absolutely love that because I, I, I would guarantee playoff or not to happen to McDonough in the following year. Yeah, look, we're used to them more for we'll, we'll bounce back and hopefully... I think Liam Cattle will stay on. I don't think he'll, he'll like to leave his tenure in Waterford, the manner in which they went down yesterday, and the manner in which they went down against Carl. He'll take a bit of time off, he'll reflect, and I think he'll, he'll go again. I think he'll give it one more year. What a hurling weekend we had in the Championship. The Leinster and Munster Round Robin series reached its conclusion, and on Saturday night, Wexford pulled off an almighty shock at Nolan Park, beating Kilkenny, so they will progress into the All-Ireland series, while Kilkenny will face Galway in the Leinster final. Meanwhile, in Munster on Sunday, Waterford's championship unexpectedly petered out at a very early stage. Cork advancing after beating Tipperary, while in the Munster final, Clare will face Limerick. We will be joined by Eddie Brennan and John Malan in just a few minutes on the Tron podcast. Will Slattery here with you, as always, joined by Michael Verney. Michael, but first we might touch a little bit on the football. The qualifier draw was made this morning, and we have some very exciting ties. Armagh hosting Tyrone, probably the pick of them, but we also have Mayo versus Monaghan, Cork versus Loud, and Mead versus Clare. And it's a funny one. It feels like a lot of those teams have been knocked out a long time ago, but now that they have their qualifier fixtures, you know, there's some very exciting ties there. Yeah, four real belters well, isn't there? Like, um, you'd be a brave man or woman to call the victor in any four of those games. From a Tyrone point of view, obviously they're looking for a bit of redemption. They're on Ireland champions. They limped out against Derry. What do you say the same for Armad? It was a good bit of expectation going into them when they played when they played Donegal and were well beaten in the wind up. So they meet for Loud and I'd say for Loud and Cork, they're both like reasonably happy with the draw. They'll both fancy a chance uh, of beating beating the other. Clara Mead, Mead obviously very poor against Dublin. Clara fancy that one in Ennis. And you know, is there a kick in Monaghan uh, and can they derail the, the Mayo backdoor route that we've gotten so accustomed to over the last while? It probably couldn't have been set up much better, Will. Yeah, four really tantalising games and uh, all eyes will be on that that, uh, that first round of the qualifiers. Should be a few belters there, definitely. No, I was just saying in particular, I'm at Tyrone, maybe up in the athletic grounds. It's set to be a very exciting game. And meanwhile, the Talchon Cup got up and running over the weekend. We had Wicklow beating Waterford. We had Offaly beating Wexford. You know, what What were your thoughts? Did it get off with a, to a bang, in your opinion? Oh, I don't think it got off with a bang anyway. Um, like, I wonder if you asked most, you know, GA punters, people who casually followed, like, were they aware that these games were taking place at the weekend? I know Saturday definitely wasn't an uh, ideal maybe day to kick it off. There was a lot going on, especially on a Saturday afternoon. But like there was only a, a smattering of people in Ockram by all, by all accounts. Uh, from a Wicklow point of view, I think it was Dean Healy scored the first ever point in Talchon Cup history. Always listen. Quiz question. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, at the end at the end of the year, it's what it's one to have ready. The, our Irish independent uh, readers that'll probably be one of our one hundred questions at the end of the year. But uh, fairly 
fairly comprehensive performance from Wicklow. And in fairness, they've beaten Leash and they've beaten Waterford in Ockram uh, in recent in recent weeks, which is a big boost for them from an awfully point of view. Turned around the the defeat, the Leinster uh, preliminary round defeat to Wexford a few weeks ago, and probably the big difference was Niall McNamee being back fit. He kicked one five, uh, with with the crucial one of the crucial goals as well. So. At least we're we're kind of tipping along there, but I like it, you'd have to say it, it it kind of kicked off to very little fanfare, despite Larry McCarthy saying he, he'd hoped it would. What do you say? He hoped it would hit like a meteorite. I don't I don't I don't think it did anyway. Uh, maybe over maybe over the next couple of weeks, but there's just so much going on that it's bound to be missed. Like the hurlem hurlem was the only show in town really at the weekend. Yeah, as we touched on a few weeks ago with Column Keys, I think there's one or two weekends where Talchin Cup gets more prominence in terms of the TV scheduling. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if that kind of gets a bit more interest and excitement when we get to the latter stages. But for now, as Michael said there, it was all about the hurling over the weekend. We're delighted to have John Milan and Eddie Brennan with us to go over at the Lencher and Munster Round Robin finales. And John, I suppose I'll have to go to you first after Waterford's championship exit. What went wrong for them? Oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm baffled. Uh, I'm lost for words in, in how this has all just gone drastically wrong. I have a lot of egg in my face this morning, you know, uh, as probably one of one of the one of the chaps that thought that this could possibly be their year. Um thought they would go deep into the championship, thought they were gonna be strong contenders. And why wonder, you know, considering, you know, off the back of the last three years, you know, considering where Waterford Rack got an All Ireland final, semi final last year, um, very impressive in the semi final, the league, league final, you know, coming off the back of Bally Gunner's success. And then we get hit by, you know, a landslide and a big landslide at that. And I don't think anyone, you know, uh, foreseen this coming. And I don't think anyone foreseen it. You know, outside the county for seeing it coming either, you know, you know, Waterford were on, as I, as I touched on previous weeks, you know, Waterford were on everyone's lips. You know, we were ranked there, you know, second, just behind Limerick. Um, and, you know, optimism was high. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm disillusioned. I just don't, I just don't have the answers. Uh, and, you know, the only people that will have the answers are possibly the players and, and Liam Cattle and his, and, his, and his management team. Now, that's not taken away from what Liam Cattle is, has done in, 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 three, in the three years. He's done a remarkable job. You know, you touch on it, you know, All-Ireland final, All-Ireland semi-final and, and league final success. And I don't know this round, Robin, we just can't seem to nail it at all. Uh, you know, uh, the stats don't lie. We've, we've had one one win out of 12, which is pretty bad reading. Um, and ultimately, I did say about two or three weeks ago that, you know, when we got beaten by Limerick, you know, we were all, we were all getting excited. The hype was after going down after the Limerick game. And I did say that our All-Ireland final was going to be against Cork. And ultimately, what our fate was going to be decided in those two games against Cork and Clare. And probably our flattest performance of the year was uh, was against um, was against Cork and you know we've seen it under under Patrick Fannin we've seen it under Derek McGrath you know the the last performance you know under Patrick Fannin was against Cork the last performance under Derek McGrath and around Rom was against Limerick and you know they kind of half knew their fate yesterday 
And what was disappointing is that, you know, they downed, they downed tools and, and they limped out of the championship. And what was most disappointing from, for, for me was in the last first two years under Lean Cal, absolutely none came out of the camp. You didn't know what was going on in the camp. And within the space of the last four to five weeks, you know, everything is as it's coming out of the camp. You know, there's been leaks everywhere. You know, Friday night, the team was named and, you know, there was a team circulating around the county Friday night, Saturday night. And I'm sure, look, if it was circulating around the county, the way the way things operate now, I'm sure Brian Lowen had the team before before they took to the field uh, yesterday. And that's, I think, from Liam Cattle's point of view, I think he'll be thoroughly disappointed that, you know, there's a breakdown in trust somewhere within the camp that, that that's after happening, you know, and you know, ultimately the three weeks between the Limerick game and the Cork game, you know, only time will tell what 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 uh, what, what played out in those three weeks. But yeah, I I'm lost for words, uh, an awful lot of war for people, supporters are lost for words. And um, because this 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 team, I, I still stand over it. They're a good group of lads, um, they're a good great management team. And when when they are when they are in the mood, they are difficult opponents for anyone. But you know, Liam Liam Cal touched on the aftermath yesterday that you know the pressure came on, and you know how to be able to deal with that pressure. But you know that comes with the territory of of playing well, uh, winning a league title, and you know playing well the previous two years. Um, now look, when you're after winning an All Ireland already, uh, you can probably deal with that pressure you know, uh, differently to a team that, that's chasing a first dollar. But, you know, going forward, you know, that comes with it. You have to be able to deal with that pressure. But you got to really deal with that pressure, that, that air of expectation. Um, and, you know, yeah, again, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm baffled. I, I lost my words. I just, you know, I don't know where it all went wrong, you know. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of egg in my face this morning. But, uh, yeah, look, we're used to it in Waterford. We'll, we'll bounce back. And hopefully, hopefully, and I think he will. I think Liam Cattle will stay on. I think Liam Cattle will stay on. I don't think he'll, he'll like to leave his tenure in Waterford um, in the manner in, which he, manner in which they went down yesterday, in the manner in which they went down against Carl. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, he'll sit back. He'll take a bit of time off. He'll reflect. And uh, he'll sit down with, it, with, his, with, his, with, his, with his players. And I think he'll, he'll go again. I think he'll give it one more year. Yeah, Eddie, what's your perspective on, you know, kind of from the outside looking in? Yeah, there's, I suppose there's a lot in what John said there. And I, I think the view is shared, I think, outside of, you know, and I said it, I, I you know, I think, and, and with good reason. I think you looked at the form coming out of the league and you said, right, yeah, they, they look in a good place because they comprehensively beat Cork in that final. Uh, they were playing on the front foot. The match was being played on their terms and there was a real life about them. And and I just, you know, as the, as the, like yesterday, I never seen a team so flat. And I know when you've been dealt a few blows, you know, psychologically, that's the big challenge really more than anything else. And that's when, you know, we talk a lot about now, about, the, you know, this buzzword of sticking to the process, you know, and that's what you do. You say, look, lads, you just get in, you do your work. Um, I don't know, look again, what kind of work was done since the league final against Cork, but the life seems to have gone out of Waterford. Now, I don't know, did they push the fitness side of it or, 
what happens, you know, you have a lot of, I just know there are a lot of lads picking up, you know, muscular injuries. Like Conor Prunty was obviously a huge lad yesterday. I genuinely felt yesterday going down to clear that they would do that. I, I, I felt Brian Lowen was in a great position because he could offer some of his fringe players a real quality match to put their hand up for the for the Munster final. And he came out of that with just an unbelievable reaction from his players. But even, I think John mentioned a point there about, you know, the information getting out. You know, the team was around. I had the team, you know, and, and I also had it that Patrick Curran was going to be hitting the freeze and things like that. So you're saying that's that's not good enough either because when you're in, when you're investing so much in something, and I think that was something that Liam Cal went at from the start. He wants to keep a nice tight group. And I know from my own experiences, you have to keep things in-house. You have to mind what's important. And and sometimes that's even subconscious. It's even letting your family know certain things. And and I think that's how, that's the level you're at when you're playing county. You just, yeah, yeah the team is picked, yeah, no, and, you know, whatever. You can kind of fob it off without being rude to people. But I think it's not a good sign when that starts happening. And and these are all little factors and all the little things just add up. It's not just maybe one on its own. It's just all the little things. And even yesterday, like to turn around and even put surgery in place to put Tyg back full back, Austin back kind of as a sweeper. And I just, for me personally, and I'm saying this a while, and it's not, I think Austin Gleeson is better off up the field where he can really hurt opposition. I think, you know, yesterday was a big ask of him to go back and do that and maybe maraud up the field as well. So I don't know. Um, but even, the, you know, they, they just couldn't seem to get on ball around the half-back line, which was what they'd done so well during the league, and then be able to put that quality ball into Desi and put it into lads inside and give them the space. And yesterday, they got to him at times. But, you know, uh, body language was was obviously a factor yesterday. But it, it is, it's very disappointing because you, you were looking forward to Sparks in the Championship but obviously, you know, and I said it as well, look, Clare have come in under the radar. And I think as much as we're we're talking about how disappointing the campaign has been for Waterford, I think it's been a phenomenal campaign for Brian Lowen. So I suppose we, we, we maybe should be given a little bit credit there as well. You know, I, I think Brian Lowen has done an, an incredible job. He has a serious panel. And I'd say even going into it, I felt, you know, even the guys like David McInerney and one or two others maybe needed to, they didn't need that match yesterday. But I suppose if I'm in David McInerney's shoes, I'm going, I want these matches. I want all these matches and I'll be ready in two weeks' time. And you'd say going into that, they're in a great position and that, that monster final is going to be an absolute belter. Yeah, Michael, like the Clare point that he makes is a good one. That The reason Waterford runners so much pressure yesterday was because Clare's, you know, have kind of powered through the championship so impressively, you know, winning two games and drawing one before yesterday. So, you know... Is that kind of half the story as well? Is that Claire have been so good, like even putting them to the sword in that first half yesterday, you know, giving them no chance of, of even putting a bit of doubt in Cork's minds up in Thurless? Yeah, it's probably Claire on a high Waterford, Waterford on a low. Like, imagine to say that Claire would hit 331 in a championship game without Tony Kelly playing. You just like, just wouldn't have thought that. Even John Connan not starting as well. You're two, you're two most pivotal players, your centre back, and, you know, you're by far your, your, your biggest kind of marquee forward. But now, as Eddie says there, Brian Lone is in this envious position where he's got a load of players in really good form, a load of players absolutely bouncing, and he's bringing back in two of his best players. Like, you couldn't have predicted at the start that, that well, very few would have outside of the banner that Clare were going to finish, you know, top of Munster. It's been a, a remarkable, not a turnaround, but because he's been steadily kind of chipping away for the last couple of years. But they're, they're in a fantastic position now. 
And, you know, some people would say that maybe, you know, Clare and Ennis are a different proposition than maybe Clare and Semple Stadium. They've already showed in Semple Stadium this year against Tipperary what they, what they can do there. They're really fit, energetic, athletic team. Semple Stadium will suit them, Crow Park will suit them, and they'll, like... Uh, they will, they will have absolutely zero fear or zero hang-ups about playing Limerick just because of the whole, you know, being their neighbours. They'll never think they're inferior to them, even if, you know, results would suggest over the years that they have been in the last couple of years. Um, they're going to absolutely hop off them, and that's going to be uh, really intriguing. From a Waterford point of view, I don't know where the wheels came off in Waterford. I, I, hon I honestly don't know. Um, it's only about six or seven weeks since the league final, and... Like, who would have said, you know, that Stephen Bennett, who was in hurler the year form after the league final, wouldn't start their last, you know, round-robin game? There's so many things that have happened. And as John says, and Eddie said as well, the, leak, the leaks of the teams, that's only a small thing, but it, it, it plays at, a, you know, a bigger thing maybe at play. And all those things kind of chip away and erode at your confidence, maybe erode at your unity as well. And by Liam Cattle talking to the media after, it looks like he's going to sit down with the players and have a meeting and talk through where they're going to go and whether he's going to be the man at the helm in, in 2023. But it's mad, mad. It's just mad to think where the two counties have gone in the last six or seven weeks. Yeah, just even quickly on that, Mick, just, I suppose, just to share, I suppose, from our experience, because we always targeted the league and Brian Cody would put huge value on the league. And you look at 07, you know, Walford beat us in a, in a final. I think John was playing the same day and, and a, in a right good match. And you went into that championship in great form and carried that right through and, you know, just till the semi-final. But just on that, like, people sometimes say, and particularly in Munster, I think there's that mindset, ah, the league is just the league. And, and I get that. I understand that and understand where the value is, obviously, at the end of the year. Like, it's still a national title. Brian Cody would have always put massive value on it. But once we got back, you know, we'd usually go back to the clubs for a little while. But once we got back in, he was very quick to say, lads, the ante needs to go up a little bit. It needs to go up two or three more gears. It is the league, and right then and there, there, it's important and it's valuable. You get to a league final, you have to go win it. But then once you get to championship, and you could see it in training even, lads knew it had to go up another notch or two because, and, and for whatever reason, and that's what I'm curious, I'd say, you know, Liam Cal is probably devastated this morning as much as his team are. And I'd say he's probably wondering, where did we lose it? And that's something that... Like I said there, you'd be hoping he doesn't make a quick reaction on that. I think take some time, as John said, let it sit. But like you just kind of go, what happened in that interim? What you know, and, and he'll do that. That's the, it'd be good, it'd be prudent of him to do that. You have to go find the answers and players as well. Yeah, the post mortem is sure to go on for a few weeks and whatever. Anyway, John, what about the, the game up in Thurles Cork? You know, getting the job done and advancing ahead of Waterford. What, what stood out to you about that match? Yeah, it was covering that game. Uh... After after five minutes, Tipperary had a uh, one-three registered on the board to to, to no score. What was a big turning point in that game was the penalty missed by Noel McGrath, saved by Patrick Collins. Twenty seconds later, Cork went up and got a got a goal um, from from Alan Connolly. That was a big. That was nearly a six-point swing, and that would have pushed uh, Tipperary, Tipperary's lead out. I think, I think eight points. So that was a big, big moment in in, in that game. Um, from a car point of view, I think they're they're slowly starting to find the right balance of, the, of their team. Uh, you look at it at the back. You know, I think if they can get Jared Melrick back into the back line, I think you know he's another you know touch toys defender. I think they, you know he. I think if they can get him in there, you know slowly but surely they're they're 
find starting to find the, the proper six at the back. You know, midfield Luke, Luke Mead was very good in midfield with uh, with it's uh, given, and then up front, uh, you know, Lahan, Harnady, Robbie Flynn were excellent, and now they have the Trump card to come off the bench, Tim O'Mahony. And the big question mark is now whether Tim O'Mahony will start or whether whether Hoggy Hoggy will start. Uh, personally, I still think I would start keep keep continue to uh, to uh, start Hoggy. I think you know, give him 40, 40, 45 minutes, forty five minutes, and then bring Tim O'Mahony off the off 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 the bench. Uh, I don't think possibly Hoggy would have the same impact as Tim O'Mahony would have have off the bench. And you know, you look at the players that they were bringing off the bench. You know, Jack O'Connor come off the bench. Uh, you know, he 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 got two points. They got game time into Melrick. You know, they scored what three three thirty. You know, put up a big big scoreline. Could have been an awful lot more. Uh, but look, from a Tipperary point of view, you have to question some of the American. You know, I mean, Lahan. Who who was actually American? Lahan. You know, you're on about being touched twice. You know, for a lot of the game, there was no one within, you know, five yards, ten yards of, of Lahan. But from a Cork point of view, you know, you take it, you know, isn't Harland mad? Like, you look at Wexford against Westmead and, you know, how, how their, the course of their championship has changed in the course of seven days. And, you know, you look at Cork, you know, eight days ago, you know, going down to Welsh Park, you know, all the talk is that Cork were, were in a very, very bad place. And if you told Kieran Kingston, you know, just before he jumped on the bus going down the car that hey you know what he's going out to Waterford he beat, Water- beat Waterford in Welsh Park by six points you'd have a comprehensive win against Tipperary up in Torres in, 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 your, in your last away game by, by 12 points and you know one team a bit like Clare you know when their dander is up and momentum is behind them you know and Cork can be a very difficult opponent for, for, for anyone, Will. And I think that they actually are in a good place going into this All-Ireland series. They win, you know, the two-week break now. They play the Joe McDonough winners. And they'll fancy their chances against the, the, the losers of, of either Kilkenny or Galway. Now, look, Limerick are still probably the team to beat. But, you know, Cork, you know, they're, 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 they're slowly but surely starting to find their right 15 and, you know, the balance of their team and they're, they're finding, you know, two or three players that can come in and have a big impact. And Cork, for me, are going to be dangerous opponents for anyone who's left in this challenge. Yeah, no, look, I, I'd, I'd agree with John on that. Just um, Cork are starting to build, you know, they've they found their mojo and like I said there, I think they will be difficult. But look, I, I think when you, when you put them against Clare, um, definitely clear. Probably have a bit more steel about them. I think you know they have that real the, the balance between dog and, and and being able to hurl like so. Um, that's that's maybe the slight advantage that Clare have on them at the moment. But definitely, definitely Cork are formidable. And I think in in a pitch like Simple Stadium or Croke Park, uh, you're going to have uh, your work cut out containing that forward unit. Yeah, Michael, just to finish up on Munster then, you know, what about Tipperary? Like, where do they go from here? Obviously, they, they, they've lost all four matches. I think they've lost six championship games in a row. They showed signs of life against Limerick, almost beat Waterford, but ultimately didn't get any wins. And, you know, they're down a couple of key guys through injury and a few retirements. Like, where are they at the moment then? 
Yeah, I'm not sure where the biggest bigger postmortem is happening this morning in Waterford or Tipperary. To be honest with you, there's two because two big postmortems. Probably wasn't that much expectation on Tipperary coming into this championship. There was a lot on Waterford, so uh, two grim postmortems in both of those counties. From a tip point of view, as you said, six championship losses in a row, uh, no Munster win. Their biggest defeat to Cork in championship, I think, since 1942. Got off, yeah, got off to got off to a great start. Uh, we're one three to no score up. It could have been seven up when McGrath, McGrath's penalty hit uh, when he missed the penalty, and then all of a sudden the the, the life was gone out of him after twenty or twenty five minutes. Cork had them run ragged. Once Cork got a bit of momentum up, it was it was a no contest thereafter. I think it was two eleven to three points um, after McGrath's penalty miss. Um, I don't know where they go, Will. To be honest with you, I don't I don't know where they go. Um, chatting Colin Bonner after. Um, was kind of a, a broken a broken man in the dressing room after um I'd say given you know given their performances this year like if you look back through it they were beaten by Kerry in the Munster League I know it's only a Munster League but their their only win their wins in the league came they beat Kilkenny by a point they beat Leash um they were beaten by Waterford obviously in the league they were beaten by Waterford in championship they were beaten by Cork Limerick um Clare you know two really bad championship performances Two decent championship performances in there as well. They they gave a few uh, handed out a few championship debuts. The big thing with with, with Tip is I, I I not I don't think they know what way they're trying to play really. Um, it was I was looking at them yesterday. It's it's totally unclear exactly what they're trying to do. And even conditioning wise, like they were out on their feet after twenty five minutes. Um, fair enough. Cork play a fairly high octane, high energy game, but. There's no way, like at that inter-county level, that they should should have been out on their feet like they were, and and only for a few warriors, the likes of likes of Noel McGrath, uh, Rona Mart, how Connor Stakelin was decent midfield, Jason Ford was good, decent up front, but apart from that, as Colin Bonner says, there was there's no positives to take from it. And it's unlikely it's going to happen, uh, maybe with with Kerry winning the McDonough, but there's the potential for for Tipperary to have to play a Munster, you know, playoff against Kerry down the line if they win the McDonough. Um, imagine having to try and get those lads back into training to play that game. That's highly unlikely that I'd say that's going to happen. But but the, big thing, but the but the big thing, Bernie, and you know, and you know as well, Eddie. Like timing is everything in management, uh, as much as it is in a player. Like like there wasn't wasn't a big appetite from too many lads putting their hand up to say, you know what, I'm going to go in and take on the challenge of of that rebuild job that Colin Bonner has. And I actually think, you know, if Colin Bonner decides to step away, you know, there'll be I wouldn't say there'd be an awful lot of cute boys out there within the, within the management team. You know, I don't think there'll be too many lads will 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 be eager to take it on next year as well. Like like you're probably looking maybe two three years down the road until these minors come through and until these under twenties come through uh, before Tipperary are are going to be back challenging again. Like you know, and, and just on that, John as well. There's a lot of you know. I think a fella deserves a lot of kudos for filling that breach. Because it was not an appetising job. There's no point in saying any different. It was not an appetising job. Uh, Liam Sheedy generally went with most of the same faces that had been there for a long time. So there was going to be a bit of a gap between uh, your, we'd say, your Craig Morgans, your Dylan Quirks, your Joe Browns had little or no championship exposure. They were going to need to get it. And in fairness to Colin Bonner, he stepped up and kind of plugged that hole. I, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say it's probably 50-50 whether he'll be there next year. But he does deserve kudos for taking that job because, as John says, there wasn't exactly lads jumping up with their hands in the air looking for the job. 
Well, he probably will. He'll, he'll, he'll want to do another 12 months, but I think the pressure is really up on him now. I mean, I don't know, like as I said, it remains to be seen. I suppose you're coming from a different managerial style. Liam would be very, very thorough, you know, on top of everything. And, and I think sometimes, I think we've seen that before when there's an adjustment of managerial style. And again, I don't know, but like you'd say, what's probably possibly at a disadvantage for, for Colin Bonner is, you know, he's living in Waterford. He hasn't managed any underage Tipperary teams. He hasn't been involved in the club scene in Tip. So that's possibly leaving him a little bit at a, a, a disadvantage. But fast forward 12 months time, lads, you know, it could be a very, very tough place for Colin Bonner to be. Uh, and he has, he has a long 12 months ahead of him to turn this around because, you know, Tipperary being Tipperary, they, they, they'd want a big reaction to that. The more, as you said, in Watford this morning, there'll be a lot of people question. But I think what's disappointing to see is that the support wasn't there either. I think that that's been commented far and wide like that. They didn't follow him, which is not good either. What about a Kilkenny man going to Tipperary, Eddie? Would you fancy it yourself? I would. I'd love it, John. I'd absolutely love that because I, I, I would guarantee, playoff or not, to have been to McDonough in the following year. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Kilkenny, Eddie, I know you're a tight for time, so we'll just get your quick thoughts on your own county before we let you go. You know, they were beaten by Wexford on Saturday night in Nolan Park. I think their first championship loss against Wexford at the venue. They're into the Leinster Championship final, but, you know, what's your assessment about, about where they're at? I was interested in reading your column today that you were kind of still a bit curious about the way they're trying to play. Yeah, I think they're a bit like Tip at the moment. I mean, I was up at the match with Tip and, um, and Kilkenny and Torles this year in the league, and you could see them trying to kind of follow the working it out from the back and 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 yet it it was there was endeavor there was they were trying to do it but it looks like and I said about identity and I said look it's finding the balance and, and the lads will know this like you know you look at the teams that are the benchmark and Limerick are all as all Ireland champions for the last couple of years they're the benchmarks and, and Clare are getting up there and Cork and different teams. But you have to look and say it's a balance. It's a balancing act between you know and your goalkeeper is so important. Like, the, like last week, Kilkenny went long with nearly most of their puckouts. They went short with a few against Dublin because they simply had to because there was two cornerbacks available. Um, and again, Clare showed how to play that type of pressing game, letting Watford try to bring it out short. And Dublin tried to do that. But Kilkenny went long and they got away with it. Whereas they went, they went long with a lot of them yesterday or Saturday evening against Wexford. And Wexford were set up for that. I think, I suppose if I'm being bluntly honest, Kilkenny are just a bit predictable at the moment. Um, I don't think we're playing to our strengths in terms of, you know, Owen Cody got lost in the middle the other day. And yes, he was well tagged by Rick, who'd done a good job on him, Matty Handon. I think Wexford have had Kilkenny's number for the last couple of years. And I'm not just saying that from the point of view of, you know, it's not just criticising it because they were beaten in Nolan Park the other day. Wexford were full value for that win. But I think Kilkenny, it's getting the mix right. And we see flashes of it during the league where they play this, they play some good hurling, working it out. And then no one went to go long, no one went to go deep. And I just think, for me, I, and I know TJ Reid is, is not Superman, he's, he's 34 years of age now or whatever, but why not place him in around the edge of the square in a Galan-type role, whereby you look to feed him inside. TJ is good in the air. You know, I go back to the 2014 All-Ireland Final, and yeah, it's a good few years ago, but he destroyed James Barry because the ball was going in and TJ was able to drift in. And I just think if you have kind of a two-man full forward line or something like that, whereby, you know, be it it's Billy Ryan, be it it's, it's Owen Cody or whoever it is, John Donnelly, whoever they are, I think they're just a little bit all over the place. And when the pressure comes on, 
they just default to pucking it long and that just doesn't we haven't those ball winners if Walsh is not catching it that's it Eddie was, was can I ask you a question was there an air of complacency in regards you know to the previous results with Wexford Drama West Mees and Kilkenny being comprehensive winners and then when they went I think they did a, they did a, did a margin of five or six points but after that period like it's very very unlike Kilkenny to go 16, 17 minutes without, minutes without scoring, score, yeah. without scoring. And I think, you know, what's an air of complacency when they did go ahead by that margin that, all right, you know, we nearly have the job done, you know, Wexford, Wexford are going to fold. Yeah, possibly, John. I think I think even, you know, if, if you're looking at it, and this is probably where maybe Kilkenny are at, you have to be utterly ruthless knowing that Wexford are coming to Nolan Park. And what you're going to get with them, I think, if there was ever a match that was going to get Wexford up for it, it was it was Kilkenny and Nolan Park, uh, and and I don't know whether maybe they looked at the Westmead match and maybe just just dropped off a fraction. But I think the biggest the biggest concern for me looking at the match was we stopped competing for the ball. You know, Championship hurling is all about that ball on the ground, and when it goes to ground, being in there and getting the numbers around it. And I think Wexford have a template for the last couple of years of how to to strangle Kilkenny a little bit and, and, and curtail the space that they get. But when the match was there to be won, it was all Wexford. They had energy. They had they had real purpose about what they were trying to do. And Kilkenny just couldn't live with them. But, but even too, like I suppose, I just thought it was, you know, thrown in Tom Phelan. And, and, and look, he's a, he's a good prospect. He's a big rangey fella. But you're throwing him into the heat of a real battle for his first probably real start. And I just think if, if it's, in my opinion, I know Parig Welsh's form maybe has been indifferent. I still think Parig Welsh has lots of experience for that type of game. And maybe, look, it's easy to say it now, but uh, I think you have to put give give Wexford credit here. Um, it's the first time I didn't realise Kilkenny have only been beaten seven times in Nolan Park in Championship Hurling. And, and that was one of them Saturday night. You have to go back to, to I think, for Wexford, it's it's long, long time ago. And going and going into that Leinster final, like like I, you've seen Cody in the past. He, he brought Walter Welch in for the 2012-12 All Ireland final. He's only 19 years of age. Like looking at young Drennan yesterday, looking at young Welch, you possibly would say to yourself now that these two lads are probably going to put their hand up and and knowing Brian Cody. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do. I take that point. I think Brian Cody will definitely consider Drennan. I think, I think what he showed, even that last point he got there in the final yesterday, I definitely think uh, he he could well look at him. I mean, look at he may he may be a good bit off it in terms of conditioning, but you look at what Wexford are doing. There's a couple of young lads going in there at 19 doing their leaving cert. Brian Lone is doing the same, and I think look, you go back to the old saying, look if if they're if they're old enough, you know, if they're good enough, they're old enough. So that's the reality there. So I think Brian will not be afraid to shuffle the deck on that. He, he won't be afraid to do it. But um, you definitely say, look, going into the Leinster final, I think there's only going to be one talking point. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's obviously, it's the rematch. It's it's round two. And that's going to be the big, you know, that's going to probably really glam up this title or this uh, Leinster final. But look, Brian Cody will be disappointed with Saturday night, bitterly disappointed. And I think, look, he couldn't be facing into a tougher challenge. But it's a challenge that that Brian Cody has historically uh, embraced and will absolutely love this. And I think you're going to see an absolute seriously driven Kilkenny team for this Leinster final.
It'd be the most Kilkenny thing to do and the most co- the most Cody thing to do to go and react and win the Leinster final now. So it's, it's oh, I would, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Right. Get your tickets; it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, All Eddie. Right, Thanks for so joining us. Take care. Yes, yeah, so Michael, obviously Eddie covered Kilkenny there, but from a Wexford perspective, you know, seriously impressive. Like John mentioned earlier, you know, Cork, how much our championship changed in eight days. Like similarly for Wexford, from drawing with Westmead to producing that performance, and now they're back in the championship too. Yeah, it's been a bizarre championship, hasn't it? It's either off colour one week, you're 100% full tilt a week later. We probably, like, I don't think few people outside of the sunny southeast maybe saw that performance coming, and even some of their own, I'd say, probably didn't see it coming. But um, just huge energy everywhere. Even like Rory O'Connor had, you know, a couple of chances that you'd expect him to score in the first half, put them wide. Didn't seem to bother him too much. It didn't seep through the team. Even all the wides the week before against Westmead, you thought maybe that would seep in and, um, you know, might affect their performance. But, you know, a couple of lads probably in defence. Paddy Foley, Matt, Matt O'Hanlon, brilliant. Um, Damien Reck deserves a special mention. He kept on Cody quiet. But he also pulled off one of the one of the great saves, definitely by a defender anyway. An amazing block from TJ Reid, and then somehow coolly managed to roll lift the ball in the middle of the square with bodies around him. That was a fantastic, uh, fantastic save. Probably he'd probably put that up against Owen Murphy's save. It was as, maybe as, as good of a save as, as Murphy's from Conor McDonald. But fairness to Wexford, yeah, their their championship, you know, their season was on the line, and they're after totally turning things around. And they'll fancy, they'll fancy their chance of taking, taking a scalp if they can get through the preliminary quarterfinals. They're playing the, the runners-up in the, in the Joe McDonough. But, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. The championship, um, you know, your fate seems to change from, from week to week. Darry Egan's head was probably on the chopping block, maybe, in some quarters after the West Weed game. Now they're through to the preliminary All-Ireland quarterfinal. And Dublin, on the, on the back of that, you know, really disappointing defeat against Kilkenny the week before last, that's probably that was probably you know put one nail in their coffin and and Galway put the the other nail in on, on Saturday night in Salt Hill. Yeah, and John, from a Dublin perspective, I know you were talking about them last week after their disappointing defeat to Kilkenny. You know, in contrast to Wexford and Cork, you know when they beat Wexford and Wexford Park, they would have been feeling very good about their prospects. Now they're out of the championship, and I know you in particular had high hopes for them earlier in the year. Yeah, I did, and look, I suppose. They had a they had a mixed uh, league campaign, but look, they were they were operating off uh, what the same 17, 18 players, and look, it was always going to be a difficult assignment going down to to Salt Hill, and considering that they had the Indian sign over Galway the previous two years, you know Galway were always going to be pumped up, and you know Henry Sheffern over this Galway team, it was they were going to be only out for one outcome, and that was to get to a length of final. So it was always going to be an uphill. An uphill battle for, for, for Galway Saturday night. And look, they thought at the end six points was, was, a, was a reasonable result for him, you know, coming off the back of a 17 point defeat for, for Kilkenny. But they'll be disappointed that, you know, that uh, they didn't make a, an All Ireland, the All Ireland uh, preliminary um, quarter quarter final. But look, again, the night down at Wexford, they were, they were very, very good. Uh, you know, we we'll go back to the question. Where is where is the future of Dublin Hurland lie? Will Maddy Kenny stay on? You know, that remains to be seen. But yeah, most certainly between both the league and the championship, uh, a, a mixed bag for the Dubs. Mm. And Michael, I might give you the last word in the hurling weekend. John McDonough Cup, your own county, Offaly, who had high hopes of maybe progressing back into the All-Ireland series, but a very disappointing defeat to Carlo, which meant that Antrim and Kerry will now play in the final. 
yeah, uh, this was a really disappointing result and a, and a really poor game, to be honest with you. The standard was quite low and it was a lot of nerves, uh, a lot of tension around it. And from an awfully point of view, they've been brilliant against Kerry the week before. And just this was a bit of a, a flat display. Carlo are dangerous. They've been erratic throughout the McDonough. When they were good, they've been very good. When they were bad, they've been very bad like they were against Kerry. But they, they were brilliant the other day. In fairness, Chris Nolan hit seven from play. Marty Kavanagh, very effective up front as he normally is. And Kevin McDonald the same as well. But from our point of view, just, you know, we put ourselves in pole position and we just couldn't, couldn't see it over the line. Even a draw would have gotten us through. We ended up going down by five. Um, and Kerry, Kerry, the main benefactors, they, I suppose, held their end of the bargain, getting a good win against uh, maybe a slightly weakened Antrim team up in Ballycastle. And, you know, that's, that's two years in a row that Kerry been in the McDonough final. And even the prospect of potentially facing Tipperary down the line, even maybe their underdogs going into that final and the prospect of Tipperary playing a relegation match, it's probably unrealistic, but it's going to be fascinating to see how that unfolds over the, ne- over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we have that to look forward to as well as the two provincial finals in two weeks' time. But for now, John, Michael, thanks so much for joining me. A lot of it. That's all we have time for on the Tron podcast today, but we will be back later in the week with a podcast with Billy McMahon to discuss all the latest football news. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening, and goodbye.